Welcome to Love Always Self, a podcast about connection to self, reflections of self, and how this impacts our reality. We're all about trying to find balance, discovering tools for spiritual wellness, and creating a safe place to have loving conversations about a broad range of topics. I'm Carissa, an energy healer with a background in Reiki, nursing, health coaching, and personal training. I have a holistic mindset and believe that everyone and everything can work together in harmony so that we can create more balanced life experiences. And I'm Shira, a spiritual intuitive and explorer of personal truth with a background in management and finance. I feel we are all connected and guided by our own spiritual team, whom I refer to as Mount Glass, and I want to help teach you how to connect with yours. We believe we're all connected, and by learning to love self, we will elevate the collective consciousness and learn to create deeper connections with each other, self, and source. As we grow and learn through our own life adventures and self-discoveries, we hope you gain insights into your own truth. Don't forget to subscribe to stay notified of new content, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome to Love Always Self. I'm Shira. Hey, y'all, I'm Carista, and thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Love Always Self. We are always so grateful to have you guys join us. Yes, we are. And today we have a little bit of a treat for everyone. We are going to talk about Carrie's past life regression, aka PLR. I'm yeah. so excited that you did this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something I've been wanting to do since you got yours. What was that like a year and a half ago, two years ago, two years ago. Yeah. It's been a while, but you know, ever since you got it and the revelations that came afterwards, the, you know, just the information downloads that you, you received and the connections that you made, um, just with things that you experienced in, in this life, like, it, it just intrigued me. And of course I did some reading from, uh, Brian Weiss's collection of books. So Brian Weiss is one of the original, um, there, gosh, I always get this mixed up psychologist, psychiatrist, yeah. my apologies for anybody who's licensed. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be rude or anything. It's just one of those things that doesn't stick in my mind very well. Um, but he was one of the original people to discover this modality, um, on a educational level, like, um, doing research and diving into these processes. So, um, many lives, many masters is one of the books that I read and then one soul, many bodies. And so those are just fascinating talking about his first experience, um, with his first patient that, uh, did regressions to help with her, uh, anxieties. And she felt a lot of relief, uh, pretty quickly just by viewing these past traumas. So fascinating books, really easy to read in my opinion. (laughs) Um, now of course the enjoyment factor makes it easier to read. So, yeah. Uh, but first, before I go into that, I just wanted to share a little, um, something, a new discovery that I found yesterday and Shira, I haven't even told you about this. I wanted to wait uh, until we were recording, but last night we, my husband and I, we went to the Austin witches market. So they have a monthly witches market at different locations around Austin. So if you're in town, if you are traveling through, I highly recommend looking up, uh, these markets because they have. I don't know, plus 20 plus vendors 
that are selling crystals and teas and candles that they've made and, you know, different um, arts and crafts that they've created that are just beautifully made from a place of love. So I wanted to share one that I found that I was so excited about. Uh Oh, yes. So you and I went to one of those and mm -hmm. it, oh man, so amazing. You feel the magic in the air there. It's awesome. Yes, absolutely. So, um, a couple episodes back, we were talking about our decks. So I got (laughs) enough, I can't say that without laughing. Um, (laughs) So I got another deck, but it is not a tarot deck or an Oracle card deck, but rather a type of self-care deck. So it's called the guiding elements and it's based on Ayurvedic practices. Nice. Oh, Erica came. Yeah, that's nice. And Tatiana Patrice. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I've got a link to their site, so I'll include that in the show notes, but they were, you know, they've created this deck, uh, the different practices with each card that's pulled, they are based in the different elements. So fire, water, earth, air, and ether. And basically you're, you're pulling a card once a day, or maybe three in a week and just working to integrate those practices, uh, into your life. So really beautiful cards, like, I don't know, here, I'm going to show you just influential sound. And a lot of these are not exactly as you would think, like, uh, one of them was shedding the old. Mm. And so this is one where my husband and I were playing with it last night and he pulled that one and he's like, Oh, cool. So I can just throw shit away. That's no longer serving me. I got it. Yeah. Easy peasy. And I was like, let me read the book because <laughs> it, it, thank goodness it comes with a, <laughs> right? a great guide when they come with books. You're like, look, I eventually will pick this up on my own and you know, all that yeah. stuff, but the books are so handy. So, handy. so handy, especially yeah. because these practices again are Ayurvedic based. So it's not stuff that we have necessarily been taught. So shedding the old actually encourage doing dry brushing of the skin to help improve circulation and shedding old stuff off of our physical body that is no longer serving us. Cause when, you know, the dead stuff is there, it takes up extra energy, you know, like hair, right. Yeah. You trim the dead ends and your hair looks better. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. That's like a so, deck for grounding. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Lots of grounding, lots of spirituality, um, paying attention to your food, you know, practicing gratitude. It talks about, um, the importance of timing of your eating habits with the sun's energy. So Mm -hmm. it's very interesting, very fascinating, and just another incredible way to start practicing self-care. I love it again. I'll, I'll link that down below and very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend if you have a local witch's market, check it out. They're just fun. Even if you don't buy anything, just the energy there is really beautiful. (laughs) That is magic right there. I love it. I'm sorry. I should mention it's, um, the guiding elements is the company name. (laughs) 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 And so they can be found on Instagram at the underscore guiding elements and on Facebook at the guiding elements. And again, I'll link that at the bottom. That's magic. Mm-hmm. You know, those things really do come to you when you need it. Um, and one of the more 
opposite directions of grounding was definitely going to be something and more of like looking into your past life. So I, mm-hmm. I do want to bring it back to that just a little bit, um, because I'm so excited to talk about your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, uh, Brian Weiss is actually one of the first that I researched when I first heard about PLRs, right. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a psychiatrist, um, and you know, in his time here on earth and, um, who I went to, to do my PLR, she studied with Brian Weiss, mm-hmm. um, and her name is Barbara and I'm gonna, Barbara, I'm really sorry. I might butcher your, your last name here. And so hopefully as you join us here in the upcoming weeks on our Intent. podcast, <laughs> <laughs> there's our second announcement. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, you will correct me on this, uh, but Barbara, uh, Natalie, uh, priestness, and she is amazing. And she's here locally in Austin, Texas. Um, if you get an opportunity to book a session with her, highly, highly encourage. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and again, like we said, we'll have her on as a guest spot in a yes. couple of weeks. So we're so excited. Oh, well, <laughs> I wait. I have so many questions. So many questions. Okay. So Carrie. Mm-hmm. talk, walk me through it. Like, what was it like, you know, maybe start yeah. from just going into Making the, the connection. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, first off, when you are scheduling with her, you know, you, um, go through her website and you don't just do the session. You actually have a, um, initial meeting via zoom or on the phone to discuss your intentions. And just so she can kind of prepare you on what to expect. And, uh, then going to her office, very calming space, very comfortable, just a a delightful space, really. Um, it's colorful, it's peaceful. It's, you know, got a nice big fluffy couch and, uh, she encourages you to take off your shoes and get comfortable. And she begins to, uh, walk you through a hypnosis. And, you know, when I think of hypnosis, the past, you know, beliefs about what hypnosis is, the thought is, is that you lose control over your body, Yeah, that you completely disconnect and you are basically having a blank out of body experience or something like that. Yeah. Where And that's not it at all. Nope. And I was completely aware the whole time. So aware of other patrons that had moved through the hallway at one point. Um, I was aware of the sound of grass being cut outside and I was completely at peace. And I went in without any fears uh, about this partially because I've read the books and also partially because your experience, Shira. Um, and it was funny because I had shared that I was doing this with a coworker of mine with, with my work wife. And, you know, she was like, Oh my God, is it going to be you? Are you going to be the same person when you come back? (laughs) So I ended up having to, or I didn't have to, but I I texted her afterwards and, and just reaffirmed her like, it's still me. Um, so you're not, you're not changing. You're not disconnecting. You're just being, you, you are calming your state of being to just beingness. And in that you're opening yourself to 
connecting deeper with your soul. Because when we come into this life, we cross through air quotes, a veil, uh, that's a veil of forgetfulness. So we don't remember our full soul self. We don't remember deciding to come here in the state that it's in with the parents that we have with the friends we'll make. And so we are connecting with ourselves prevail. Mm-hmm. Is that a way to say it? Right. That's would a good way to say that? it. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. And the theory behind this, right, is that previous past lives, we've had traumas. There's no way around that. Living the human experience. <laughs> yeah. We experienced some shit, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes in those past lives, we end up dying with, you know, traumas and carrying those on those maybe patterns or fears into this life and the next. And so the, the goal of this is to, or can be right. This was one of my goals was to heal parts of me that I'm unsure why I carry these feelings of unworthiness or undeserving. And that's really, um, a a huge part of what my intention was is I want to understand more why I carry this feeling with me, because when I zoom out and I, you know, use a little bit of my logic brain and I view myself as a separate person, I'm like, she's really awesome. But when I'm in it, I have a hard time seeing that. Yeah. And it's a lot easier unless we practice changing our conversations with ourselves. It's really easy to talk negatively to yourself. Yeah, it is. So I'll be honest after the session, you question whether or not you made it all up. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and, and part of it, right. During the hypnosis, uh, her suggestions are okay. Using your imagination. Right. And there is that component of being open to the creation of imagery received. If we're not open to receive we're closed to receiving. I don't know. That may be an obvious statement, but. (laughs) Well, I like to, I like to think about it like this. And this is the best advice also that I feel like I can give when it comes to this is that first off, yes, I agree. I'm going to validate you. When I came out of my experience, I was like, did I make all that shit up? Yeah. Like, wait a minute, wait, wait. But then I'm also like, no, I mean, that felt like a novel, like a science fiction novel. And I'll be honest in my every waking day, I am not that creative, (laughs) (laughs) not to that extent where I could give you that much detail. Right. Um, and so, uh, and then over months after the experience, I would get a ton of synchronicities 
So I think that's still yet to come for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm still processing this information. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and to be completely transparent, I have not gone back and listened to the recording just yet. So, uh, my PLR was, uh, just under a week ago and I just received the recording, which everybody will receive a recording within a week. If you, you know, do it through Barbara. Um, but I have not taken the opportunity to go back and listen and review. I've still been kind of just giving space for processing the original experience. Oh yeah. And so I still haven't nailed down quote unquote themes, uh, so to speak. But, uh, at the end of the day, if you, you can logic brain all this stuff away, but at some point you make a choice to trust yourself or not. And that's the advice that Mm -hmm. I was, I was, I'm giving is yes. How about you just believe that it was real? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if, what if, what if you just believe that it's real? So the idea of past life regressions is that when you view these past lives with events that are connected with your intention for that session, you start to open yourself up to healing what you're experiencing in this life. So I was able to see four lives and in each one, there was some practice of healing, uh, or there was plant life. I don't know, not life, (laughs) but you know, like plants were there in each of the lives and I was using them in some form of healing. Well, each, except for one, I digress. Um, I was even walked through one death. And that is something that she does with each of her sessions is she will walk you through the experience of one death. That sounds dark and scary, darker and scarier than it truly is. Yeah. And when that's dark and scary, we have to look at our beliefs about death. And many of us are closed off to the idea that this is just a transformation. We're shedding the limitations of our physical selves and moving back into our fluid energy states, fluid and free, (laughs) (laughs) not confined to a human form. Yes. Yes. Physical form. So, um, there is a sense of relief from what I experienced in that transition. Yes. Death. It does not mean gone just means transformed. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that, that was kind of, I wouldn't even call it a wild experience for me because I, I've already done a lot of this work about like towards my feelings around death or with my feelings towards death. There we go. (laughs) English. Um, so in my first life that I experienced, I was somewhat of a shaman for a tribe. 
I'm guessing somewhere in South America. And I was struggling to heal an illness that was sweeping through the people that I served. And I was searching and searching for the right remedy. And I kept coming up short. And eventually the majority of those people died from the illness or moved to create families elsewhere. And I felt like a failure in that because I did not have the answers. Mm. And so I failed the people that I loved and cared about because I could not heal their physical illness. The second life, again, haven't processed these. So still working on like my feelings about them. (laughs) (laughs) I did take lots of notes. though in my journal, (laughs) uh, in my second life that I viewed, I was a young woman, I believe somewhere in England, that's kind of the, the view of the land that I got was, was that kind of feeling. And I was about to partake in an arranged marriage with a man that I had never met. And I was very unhappy about that, very angry and resentful towards my parents and resistant towards the man that I married on the wedding night. And being the time frame that I felt like it was, um, I, roughly Renaissance era, I recognized that I did not have a choice over my own body and that my body was no longer mine because I was now married to this man. And I viewed that a year later, I gave birth to a child and I resented that child or at least how he was made. Um, I came to believe that that child in that life may have been Shira. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to do like a Darth Vader, like Shira, I am your mother. <laughs> you are my child. Um, so what does that mean? Right. You seeing people from this life in previous lives. It's not that you see them as they are now. It's that you just have a knowing that their soul is in that being in that experience with you, that you shared a relationship together in another life. And many of our closest connections in this life, we have spent other lives with those people as well. Different dynamics playground. Mm-hmm. It's like a playground. You're like, you know what? <laughs> I just got this like, time, I'm going to be your best friend, not your kid. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like different Sims, right? Mm-hmm. Opportunities to play different people in Sims. <laughs> does any of that, does that we just still like, little, we can't see the around. floating thing above us, you yeah. know, it's there. We just can't the icon <laughs> can't click on it. We can't click on it. <laughs> to see we? our data, <laughs> our personal information. Uh, anyways. <laughs> so, uh, in, in that life, I got the, um, intuitive feeling that Shira was my son. And I, again, I resented that child and I tried to love it 
because I knew it wasn't his fault for being born, but I resented how he was made in, you know, being forced into that kind of a relationship with somebody. And so I fast forward in that life and I had experienced some event where people perceived that I had died, but I had not. And I ended up escaping that contained life running away into the woods reminded me of like this cottage, like you faked that I lived in. I don't know if I faked it or if something happened to where somebody believed I was dead. And I saw that as an opportunity and I'm out, got it. And I'm out. And so even though I felt like I had to hide, I felt more empowered by stepping out of that old way of living and running off into the woods and living by myself in a cottage. That was very reminiscent of my views of Hansel and Gretel. (laughs) Interesting. The cottage, right? Like not like a witch or anything like that, but, or, and not that there were children traipsing around and I was trying to catch them with candy and (laughs) baked goods or anything, but you know, the cottage in the woods. (laughs) I was like, I mean, that would, un- that would Fine. explain we the resentment towards white. children, you know, <laughs> I don't have resentment towards children. I just don't want any in this life. <laughs> no, I mean, in that lifetime, if you yeah. became the witch that actually like trick. <laughs> well, so that's not what that I saw. See, that's where my brain went. That's not right. Okay. We'll continue. <laughs> but in this cottage, you know, I saw dried herbs, dried plants, and I, basically lived alone, connecting with myself, connecting with nature. And that was a very healing experience for me through that. Did I heal all aspects? Obviously not because I'm still, you know, carrying on some of those traumas from that. There was a reason that I was shown that life to allow me to heal something. Now I see a connection to that. I do. I see sometimes it, to that. sometimes it helps being the person outside of the box. So I'm open to hearing. Absolutely. Um, you have a deep desire to have solitude mm-hmm. and, and, and some quiet time and, and tranquility time. Right. That's um, how I regenerate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love those moments myself and, but I definitely don't need it as frequent. And so I wonder if that plays a factor mm-hmm. into when you get maybe unhappy, when you can't receive that time. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It, it becomes difficult for me to process things. It's like my nervous system is overwhelmed when I don't get that downtime mm-hmm. from all the dues. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do that. Can you do this? Can you do that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All those action thoughts too. And it's not to say, by the way, I want to make sure I say this, but it's not to say that that's not needed because it is definitely needed for all of us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and finding that is, is important, but, um, it's finding that individual balance for yourself. Right. But there is an emotional response towards, you know, which can cause physical responses, but there's an emotional response towards when it's not 
when it's not, you know, feeling allowed, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like I can, can't see. make space for it. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that connection. That's pretty cool. So this was the life that I was able to experience the death. I died in my sleep. Well, I, I think I assisted my own death. Like I knew I was ailing. I knew that I was older, was much older for the time frame. Um, oh. and so I, I believe I assisted my own passing, not that I was trying to commit suicide, but it was like, I knew that my time was nigh. <laughs> was nigh. <laughs> Renaissance of you. <laughs> So glad you got that connection. <laughs> like amazing. <laughs> so the um and, and and after that life transitioning into death and into the energetic form, I believe I made a connection with one of my guides, but I don't really recall that information. So I remember seeing like purple lights in the ether. And that's really all I can recall at this point. So that's something you know, say TBD on treat um, for you for, when you go back and listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, the third life, the next life that I saw, I was a Western physician, a tall white male and probably early 1900s and I was, like I said, a physician and I was caring for people, but with a selfish intent. So yes, it looked like I was serving others, but really I was doing service to myself because I was interested in the experimental side of medicine. So I, I remember one particular incident. Um, and again, it's not that I didn't want to help people. It's that it was more like, Hmm, wonder what would happen if I did this instead. Um, so in, in one part of that memory, um, I was married to a woman that I perceived as very annoying in the way nagging, um, from my zoomed out perspective, I could see that she really wasn't, she was just trying to have a relationship, you know, and, and support the household. And we had a child together. And I remember that that child broke his leg or maybe I did something to cause an injury. And I think it was because I wanted to know if I could fix it. So I think I broke the child's leg and I think I tried to fix it. And ultimately the child became deformed and I blamed it on polio. So I wouldn't have to take responsibility for it. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that was wild. And that felt that, that life felt very cold and dark. Like the air just felt musky Mm -hmm. and it's not that while I was in that life that I saw that darkness, but I was very cold and unemotional, quite opposite from myself now. Right. Um, I was not connected 
to, to my emotional or, you know, mental self, my spiritual self. I was very physical, very cold, just mechanical. So that was interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the final life that I experienced, um, I believe I was in ancient Egypt times and the reason I say that is because I saw pyramids, even though they're all around the world. And, um, the, it was a lush Valley. I was wading in water. I perceived that it was the Nile. I don't really know. Right. Can't confirm. You just learned to trust. <clears throat> so in that life, I was a medicine woman and I serviced or served the people the people, not the pharaohs, not the royalty, but the people. And it was so important to me that I not be found or found out by any of the royal members because I had had a premonition at a young age that when they found me and knew, became knowledgeable of my abilities to heal, that they would ask me to do something that was unattainable Mm. and I would perish because of that. And how connected is that? I'll finish telling you about my life and then you can tell me about the connections you're seeing. Um, so in the moment that I experienced, I was wading through the water and I was searching for specific reeds. Um, I was going to make a, I keep calling it a papoose, but that's, that's, not the right term, but you know, like a, a swaddle out of these reeds for a baby because he was colicky or something. The the baby was not well. And so the specific reeds that I was looking for to make this pouch, it would help comfort and heal the energy of the baby. And as I was in the water searching for the reeds, I looked down at my physical self and I saw myself as a male and like, I could see my belly. I didn't have anything covering my top half. You know, it wasn't a big belly. I was a worker. So I was constantly moving, but I could see my tummy and I could see the, the skirt, um, the skin, like the, 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 thing, shawl, the covering, like the, 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 the covering of the male lower parts, right? Like I'm whatever body wrap time frame sort. Yeah. Like, uh, like, um, I, I don't know what you call it, but anyways, anyways, I, I could see the, the clothing that was more representative males. There we go. Gotcha. Uh, and when I went back to the baby with the reeds and the swaddle that I had made, I was in an older female form. And what came to me was that the magic that I had, and I'm quote air quote, the magic that I had, right? Because magic is just science that we don't understand yet. Um, was I was able to either place a veil over myself or a veil over other people's eyes. So they could not see me in my true form. So it made it easier for me to avoid being found by royalty 
and so you could I was trying to avoid the premonition I don't know if I could shape shift I don't want to say that I could but I could create the visual of me looking different that's how I so perceive shapeshifters, that, by the way, is how okay. they project the images to another mm. on how you're seeing them. Mm-hmm. Not ma- actually transform your full structure. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Yeah. My invisibility cloak. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. Um, and so in this life, eventually the premonition came to fruition. And I believe that I died because I could not heal the disabilities of King Tut. Oh, that's so cool. No, that's not cool that you died, by the way. I'm just saying like, I mean, we all die. That's the cycle of life. Right? You know, yeah. yeah. That's, I don't know. That's kind of cool too. This is um, a story. That's cool. <laughs> like, and, and, and again, there's this idea of, am I making this shit up? Like I've got to be making this stuff up. Like, oh, you just like Egyptian culture or something. Like, well, no, I'm not a great historian. Like I'm not great at history, but it does fascinate me. Is it possible that things that fascinate you are maybe a tie to another life? Oh yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly. I love, love period movies especially when it comes to like the queen Elizabeth stories and like, you know, that kind of like element, right. Um, the clothes that they wear, I, the big dresses, not necessarily the fact that they didn't have as women, a whole lot of ability to do much besides look pretty, but I love those types of like shows or series or movies, right. Mm-hmm. One of my lifetimes I spent diving into a life in which I was part of the Royal court Mm -hmm. in an era of that fashion. Mm -hmm. And so, and and I was a very selfish person and I was very self-centered and I loved that, the clothing and everything in that lifetime. And that's carried into this lifetime in the sense that I love that stuff. I like Mm. watching it. I like seeing it. I like, you know, I would love somebody have a ball so I can just dress like that, you know, like, (laughs) Bring back prom, prom for adults, right? (laughs) Post high school prom, you know? (laughs) So, so what were the connections that you, so I'm writing like your different lifetimes down and, you know, so I can keep memory of which one came first, second, third, fourth to you. Right. And, and PS, they do not come in any form of sequential order. (laughs) Time is only limited or we are only limited by time. Mm Mm-hmm. But in our spiritual form, in our spirit form, outside of this physical experience. It's all happening now. (laughs) Yeah. Everything right now. Past, present, future. Right. No, no, no. Right now. (laughs) So here's here's what I'm, A, the, uh, the lifetime in Egypt is very much connected to the lifetime as a shaman, mm-hmm. uh, this sense of I'm not worthy enough to accomplish the task that is being presented to me plays into, I think 
you know, your feelings of not feeling like you're enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and all interestingly of these enough, honestly, like, in, interestingly enough, I, in the, the life of a shaman and in Egypt, I felt like I had failed, not because I didn't do the task that was like given to me by royalty, but I failed the people mm-hmm. that I was loving and caring for. And when there's an emotional response and attachment towards, you know, a scenario, those are the more palpable ones, mm-hmm. right? And especially mm-hmm. if you don't feel like you ever got a resolve to that in that lifetime, then you carry and you play out moments in your existing to create a transmutation yeah. of that emotion. And fear of failure is a big one. Yeah. There's one of my themes, I guess, fear of failure, fear of failing others and disappointing others. I find it so interesting because I, I'm being taken into a thought process of there's, there's a lot of, uh, beliefs out there that, you know, well, we, we shouldn't know about those, right. Uh, about those past lives. And I I've heard, you know, some people say that, well, you know, what does it matter? And I'm like, well, it is each and every one of our own experiences that we are fully allowed to participate, create experience. And if you feel that it would be an endeavor for you to understand where some of your feelings come from, Um, especially if you feel like you're like, well, I've done so much work in this existence, you know, why is it that I still feel like this? I think that's when this really comes in handy for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And, and that's something that I've spent a lot of the last six months doing is what we call shadow work. So going into the stuff that we don't want to look at (laughs) that's deep in the the corners of our soul, because Oh, what did I say yesterday? It's like when, where was that this morning? Anyways, um, when we have stuff stuck in darkness that feeds it. And when we bring it out into the light, it takes away the power of that trauma and gives it shifts it back to you. Yeah. And that's the whole point of shadow work working to heal these old things, bringing them out to light and transmuting them. And so that's where this modality, this tool comes in handy. Just like you said. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for calling it that as well. You know, because I, I do feel like it is a tool. I mean, it definitely changed mine, my mm-hmm. life. Uh, and again, it took, it took a while to, to, I, I don't think that honestly, like you're going to come out of a PLR and you're going to be like, I know everything. Yeah. My it life has changed, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the synchronicities that play out mm-hmm. following that event, that's where it gets interesting. That's where it gets really interesting. <laughs> and, and this plays into our power of choice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The power of choice to choose, to trust, yeah. to use this to guide you. Um, 
what's the, what's the thing I always say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Like this is the water. It's, it's the water right out in front of you. So I'm drinking it so I can process it. So I can bring more vitality into my life and let go of things that are no longer serving me. Yeah. I think my next bit of advice is make sure you're doing your research on, uh, those that are going to be performing the PLR and hydrate <laughs> and last but serious bring water, <laughs> drink water before drink water after what, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting because you and I both had some physical effects afterwards. I think yours were a little bit more intense. Yeah. I had a headache like in writing in my journal. Like I was trying to process things. I was connecting with my guides and in between my writing, what my guides were telling me, I have a headache. (laughs) I feel tired. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It felt a little validating when you, I felt bad that you had a headache, of course, but it felt a little validating because I was like, does nobody like I watched quite a bit of information and read quite a bit of information before, you know, experiencing mine and Um, and especially after nobody mentions the symptoms, the physical symptoms after the PLR. And I was just like, but if you look up, if you look up symptoms of, oh God, what is it? Um, elevating through, uh, dimensions. Yeah. What am I saying? Like raising your, yes, yes. Raising your vibration (laughs) into multiple dimensions. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. You can have physical symptoms with that, including the nausea, including headaches, fatigue. And I didn't experience nausea, but you experienced all of those three and I I experienced headache and fatigue. And so it makes you like, okay, well, this is another puzzle piece to choosing which puzzle are you going to choose? You're going to choose belief. You're going to choose that was all made up. I mean, I've never woke up from a, from a dream or a sleep and felt, I mean, unless I was actually ill, but like had a headache, nausea, light sensitivity, like, you know, but it took a while just to even be able to see, uh, oh, yeah. the lack of brightness again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, you know, like when you close your, say like you're out inside and you're like laying in the sun and you close your eyes and then, you know, maybe about five, 10, 15 minutes later, you open your eyes back up and it's really bright, but then it's suddenly, you know, it slowly like develops back into like this normal visual aspect. Um, I, I had to sit there for like 10 or 15 minutes afterwards. It was a my while. Eyes to adjust. Yeah. 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 It's totally different than when you wake up from sleep. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Oh, that's so validating. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about this before. That is so validating. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Yes. So I will, I have plans to re-listen or not re-listen, but listen to my session and I will process some more information and I will, I'm totally open to sharing more themes and connections that that are, are shown to me. And I would love to hear any other things that you come up with too. And that's, God, that's the beauty of our relationship, Shira. I'm just so grateful for you because, you know, you just allow for a different perspective of my situation, but you know me 
and I feel seen with you. I just love you so much. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and audience, we love you. We love all of you. We're so excited to share these things with you. Yes. And this has been a really, really uh, exciting one to be able to share with you today. Uh, yes, I was a little nervous because it's a part of me that I don't understand. And I know this is exciting for a lot of you too, because you've never done one. What if? Yeah. And what if it's real and what if it's helpful and what if you, you know, find uh, your joy easier and what if you heal and yeah, uh, it it's, it's pretty fascinating. So I, I encourage you, if you haven't listened to Shira's go back and check out episode number five, uh, for Shira's past life regression, and then please stay tuned for this really exciting, uh, guest interview that we're going to have with Barbara, our past life regressionist. So, and I have not talked to her since mine. So I'm Ooh, like, yeah. I have so many questions. <laughs> Get ready, Barbara. We're so ready for you. Yeah. Okay. It might be a long one. <laughs> love, 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 love. We're fascinated. All right. Again, we're going to stick in those, uh, contacts down below. So we'll throw in Barbara's information. We'll th- throw in the, um, very cool Ayurvedic deck information. So uh, and then we just encourage you to remember to love first, love last and love always. <laughs> Bye y'all. Bye. Hey listener. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us in this moment. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to our next connection. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow to stay notified of new content from Love Always Self. If you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss, please hit us up on any of our social media platforms linked in the show notes below. I'm Karista. And I'm Shira. And until next time, remember to love first, love last, and love always. Love Always Self podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not make any warranties about the completeness, reliability, and accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. Any action you choose to take upon the information in this podcast is strictly done so at your own risk, and we will not be held liable for any losses and damages in connection with the use of our podcast. Any and all medical concerns should be addressed with a licensed healthcare provider, as well as any questions that may be derived from the information discussed in this podcast.